Yankees win. The Yankees win. What is going on, Fleet Nation? Welcome to the first and very first NY Fly Zone uh, a podcast. This is a first-class podcast, and it's time to feed the fleet. I'm Brendan. I'm Jared. Now let's get into sports. Hey, hello. I'm glad to be here. Alrighty, so we had a uh, pretty eventful past couple of weeks going on, especially in the NY area. Uh, we got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today. We got the uh, Giants uh, getting a nice victory against the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go, G-Men. Let's go, G-Men, you know. Yes, sir. Uh, Danny Dimes goes down with an apparent hamstring injury. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But, you know, first off, we're going to talk about um, the New York Jets. Uh, That's my personal favorite team. And uh, Jared's is the New York Giants, as you guys will know. Yeah, but I mean, I don't don't mind the Jets, you know. I want them to do good, but they haven't been recently. So, I mean. We're we're god-awful, dude, but we're tanking. So, we'll get into that really quickly, real quick. So, Real quick, um, for those of you following the NFL, all those Jets fans out there with their hearts broken, um, Sam Darnold, his time has expired. It is done. Uh, you watched him play last uh, Sunday, and it was, uh, it was a massacre on his end. Um, so we're going to get into some potential uh, trading uh, spots, some scenarios, and some landing spots as well for him. Um, personally, I think that the New York Jets could package him for – what it looks to be maybe a third round pick or a second round pick at most. Unfortunately, his stock has fallen as he has, uh, I believe, three touchdowns and eight interceptions on the season. Yeah, um, uh, his QBR is only a 64 right now. So I feel like second round pick is tops. Like if you're a team like the Jaguars or the, you know, you risk it maybe. But the Jaguars have had bad luck with QBs already. So I don't know. Exactly. And um, he, so basically he just, uh, and, and just like take a look at his, uh, his stats and everything, how he played 197 yards, uh, two interceptions. And as Jared said, his QBR was, is not good at all. Um, and, you know, typical moves by Sam Darnold, just rolling out of the pocket and throwing in just an interception into double coverage. Uh, he seems to panic. It seems to be that this brilliant, what Christopher Johnson calls Adam Gase, a brilliant, uh, offensive mind guru has been nothing but detrimental towards the young uh, New York Jets quarterback. So getting into some potential landing spots here, I personally think that um, what, what should be on the radar is the, is the saints uh, because mm-hmm. Drew Brees' time is expiring. Uh, unfortunately, he's getting up there in age. I think the saints would be willing to, you know, risk a second at most third uh, depending on what their quarterback situation is going forward and I think the Steelers what do you think about that Jared uh well for the Saints I could see that as a possibility uh you know they have Taysom Hill but I don't think that's their long-term answer even though he's gone wins these past I think two weeks and um they have a Jamison Winston so they might want to make him the quarterback of the future it's like a kind of like a you know set out a season type situation you usually get with you know first round draft picks like for Patrick Mahomes but this is more of an established NFL player staying out of season. But then again, you know, Drew Brees is getting old, and Sam Darnold could be a really good quarterback. He's just, in, unfortunately, in the Jets system right now. And, you know, Adam Gase was supposed to be there for him to make him grow, but it doesn't look like so far. I mean, Darnold did have assets. He had Le'Veon Bell at his disposable. 
Jamison Crowder has been good. Um, so it's all about, you know, the team. For the Steelers, you know, Big Ben, I think, might try to pull a Brady and try to keep playing. But I think his – I mean, they're undefeated so far, so I don't see why Mike Tomlin will be looking for another quarterback at this moment. Especially next year, the Jets are probably going to trade Sam Darnold if they keep, you know, losing like this. So I feel like the trade's going to happen next year, and I think they'll get more than for, you know, what they got – the Dolphins got for Josh Rosen when they traded him. And the Cardinals actually traded him to the Dolphins. My mistake. Oh. So, and that's perfectly well, that's, that's well said, Jared. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. You said that you think that the Jets will receive more than what the Dolphins um, gave for Josh Rosen. Uh, yeah, what, was, what did the Dolphins get? It was Josh a second-round pick. They gave a second-round pick uh, for so Josh Rosen. I feel, like, I, mean, that was, I feel like that was just bad trading by the Dolphins, but I feel like Darnold would get about the same then. The Jets could base it off of that and be like, look, Darnold's better than Rosen, so just get the same thing. I, I totally agree. Another team that I think might make more sense is the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think about that? Uh, I feel like the Niners have bigger plans than Sam Darnold. I mean, Jimmy G, he's been, you know, he led the team to the Super Bowl, but, you know, there's been concerns about, you know, is he actually a good quarterback or not? And I feel like the Niners believe that they have a good enough team every year to make the Super Bowl. So Darnold might not be the answer now. They might look for someone bigger, maybe like an aging Drew Brees if the Saints let him go. Or another type of, like of uh, steal, maybe like they'd go for Carson Wentz instead. The 49ers, you never know. It's interesting, interesting points there. Um, we'll, we'll see as it's happening. Going to be happening quite soon, actually, uh, mm-hmm. as what we believe is going to unfold. So moving on to our next section, uh, the Jets hold possession of the Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes after a twenty-three brutal loss against the Miami Dolphins. Um, yes. That was a that was a horrible game uh, for the New York Jets. Um, what, what's your thoughts about that? Did you get to watch it or not? Uh, I saw some highlights. Um, you know, Fitz Fitz Magic. You know, doing his thing against his former team. You know, um, the Dolphins are a good team this year, so it's not like it's a terrible loss. But I mean, if you're a Jets fan, this is this is what you want to see. You want to get Trevor Lawrence. So I, if I'm a Jets fan like you, I'd be satisfied with losing, I guess. <laughs> Even though you know, not the best thing to say, but hey. You're going to get, hopefully get Trevor Lawrence next year. So we'll see. Exactly. Us Jets fans are, um, we're smiling. We're smiling ear to ear. We want to see this team lose. Um, we want to see Adam Gase, a disaster, um, you know, eventually uh, get the boot and get kicked out of here. He's been nothing but a disgrace to this franchise. He ruined every good thing that we had. But you know what? Hopefully he's a blessing in disguise. If you looked at what he did to the Miami Dolphins, he essentially just, you know, started a whole new rebuild. Um, he, you know, basically acquired uh, draft picks because of his horrible coaching and his inability to, you know, create a relationship with his, like, just to create leadership in the locker room. And as you know, the Miami Dolphins have been hoarding draft picks for the past couple of years, and that was able to set them up for the future, get Brian Flores, start their whole new, uh, you know, franchise heading forward. And now they have two of which they hope to be the answer in Miami. Um, so I see the Jets heading in a much similar direction as the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think Joe Douglas is aware of the draft capital that we have, as you know, we know, as you know, everyone knows, we possess the first overall pick and the Seattle Seahawks pick, which will probably be a late, uh, a late uh, first round pick in the twenties, late twenties, maybe early thirties, depending on how well the Hawks continue to play. But um, that's a lot of options that are going forward for, uh, for the New York Jets. The horizon looks good. We just need to make sure that we don't botch things. We need to make sure that we don't mess things up. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point about, you know, how Gase could be like, the, how he did for the Dolphins make them a better team. You know, I feel like what the, what might happen is Gase is going to leave. They're going to be looking for a new coach. They need their Brian Flores, the Jets. And, you know, an interesting, you know, person I think that could be a replacement for a Gase is Doug Peterson. You know, the Eagles might let him go out of the season. He did well with Carson Wentz's first couple of years. Another big throwing quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, could fit perfectly with Doug Peterson. Wow. Wow. So it seems like you've done your research. <laughs> I mean, just like the Eagles have been doing trash lately. The Jets have wow. been doing trash lately. And you just put that, you know, the Dolphins thing in perspective. I was like, the, the Jets are going to be hopefully a good team soon. If that's like the same, the Gase effect, we could call it. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now, if we get Doug Peterson, I will be doing jump. I would be doing, I would be jumping for joy. I think that that matchup, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, could be something very special. For sure. And, like, this past the post-game interview that we could get into last uh, last Sunday, you know, just speaks to all signs of gays potentially being removed, even with the constant reports of, like, you're saying, oh, he's our head coach for the future. Yeah. Do you want me to get into that real quick? Yeah, just get into I, that. Yeah. yeah, all right. So, so first of all, I want to I wanna, – before we get into that awkward – um interview that was horrible that was abysmal (laughs) um i want to talk about what you just said about like how christopher johnson has been you know has been praising him for no apparent reason Mm -hmm. personally i think that christopher johnson who was replaced by his brother um woody johnson um because he was serving as the uk ambassador under the trump administration um i think that he's just a big ego business guy and he's not used to the job and quite frankly, I think we need better ownership. I, I want the Johnsons to sell the team. They, they don't know football. They're just businessmen. That's all they are. Um, and that's what I think has been a big reason to our failure these past couple of years. Hell, the past 50 years. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, he, I think he's just not trying to admit a loss here. And the New York media will chew you. They will eat you up and spit you out. And, um, and he doesn't. And this was early on in the season when he called him a brilliant offensive mind. Um, so I think, you know, I think he will be replaced if he isn't, I don't know what the hell us just fans are going to do. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a mess, but it's all signs are pointing in the direction that he will be fired come, um, black Monday, uh, when all of the head coaches should be fired, but there already was some news that happened. We could talk about that later. Yeah. A couple of teams like, oh, they're GMs and head coaches, but anyways, nevertheless, let's get into the next topic. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this was a horrible, the, the, uh, interview that happened horrible. Um, basically after the Jets got exposed by the Miami Dolphins in the 20 to three loss, the press asked Adam Gase, who was playing the calls, who was calling the plays. And Adam Gase claimed that OC offensive coach Dow Loggins was commanding the offense and that he only ran third downs. The reporter clapped back and said, we were watching Dow the whole game and he didn't do anything. You know, this is just utterly embarrassing by um adam gase yeah classic gase right there i mean like shifting blame doesn't like give a straight answer and uh like the reporters know what they're doing it's not like they didn't just watch on the field so take their thing for granted and you know own up to those third downs because clearly the question was intended to be like the offense was bad today who was in charge of it and he made it seem like oh no i only did third downs as in it wasn't his fault but third downs are a crucial down anyway well said. I mean, just the lack of leadership, the lack of understanding what is going on. 
like we have a problem here in New York. Like our head coach may or may not be aware of what he's doing. Like, and that's like, a scary this, is, this is bad. Like, like I'm starting to believe like Stephen A. Smith calling him high during his press conference. I really am. I thought that was a joke at first. I am seriously starting to believe this. We need to drug test him. Like, like I don't know what the <laughs> hell is happening. Anyways, Dude, on a this more is serious. Face, this is facial expressions too. Just like, just look completely lost and like you didn't want to be there. And the man's gonna show a good sign of leadership. The man's got googly eyes. I mean, he's got the, eyes. <laughs> everything that like we had going for the Jets organization, you know, just thrown out the window. But it's too late to, you know, and I'm not gonna condone my previous Jets owner, Mike McCagnan. He he really did set us up for failure. He didn't properly grow this team. He literally just thought going on a spending spree would win it. But no, in order to succeed in the NFL, you need to go, grow this from the ground up and you can't take shortcuts. And so, you know, it, it's just a disgrace with that, with the Adam Gase situation. Um, I feel like these, a lot of these players that have potential like Nashton Davis, who was drafted um, with the Giants pick in the early third round because of the Leonard Williams trade. Thank you very much for that, Jared. Um, He's been doing really good with sacks and stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, have fun paying him. Um, and Denzel Mims, who has been playing very good, uh, Quentin Williams had a breakout game. Um, you know, he, yeah, yeah, I believe he had a sack, he had a bunch of pressures and, and I think he had a good amount of tackles as well. Um, you know, so the Jets have a lot of young players that are, that are attacking the field and are getting these reps that is crucial for their development. You have Bryce Hall coming out of UVA, um, you know, fifth round pick, I believe, uh, getting a couple plays. He looked a little bit antsy. Um, he, he, he basically, I like his energy. That's probably his best aspect. He's always going to hustle, but he's got to learn a little bit more, but he's showing signs of potential. So the jets, you know, Joe Douglas's class looks very good so far. Um, you know, Mekhi Becton might be a pro bowler this year. He's honestly on the road. There's reports that came out that he's on the road to becoming a pro bowler this year. So, you know, that's good. So there's some, there's some future, but you know, we just need leadership in the building. Exactly. Exactly. And you know who doesn't have leadership in the building anymore? The Lions. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, you know, just uh, Patricia's gone. You know, the Belichick, um, you know, Honestly. wingman is now gone. Do you feel like he goes back to the Patriots? <laughs> uh, I think mean, it's, you, you think it, do you get do you think he gets another head coaching job somewhere? Oh no, no, no! I think teams yeah. learn the hard way. I mean, he had a perfect opportunity to start things over. I mean, Detroit isn't a bad team. Yeah, I mean, like, Stafford's like they've always been right. good. Yeah, no, Stafford is pretty, pretty good. good. It's pretty good. So, I mean, you know, it was his make or break scenario. He had his opportunity. I mean, he, you're right. He, he wasn't a good leader. Um, players didn't want to strap up and play for him on Sundays. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and he's fired. He's out. Yeah, and then Dan Quinn for the Falcons – uh, head coach got you know fired earlier this season a couple of weeks ago, and you know he went to the Super Bowl and the Falcons slow start, they decided to get rid of him, and you know that's why I don't get why Gase is still there. <laughs> he, to, he hasn't accomplished anything. You could you know yeah. he hasn't accomplished anything, but the reason why we're keeping him is to tank and obtain the Trevor uh, right, sweepstakes. Um, he he is the remedy for tanking. He he is a recipe. <laughs> Um, he's been doing an amazing job, um, you know, because our defense, our defense showed out against the Miami Dolphins. We played a really good game. Yeah. Um, it's just our offense just um, – I don't know. I mean, 
the plays just are horrible. They're predictable. He's using Frank Gore like he's, I don't know, Alvin Kamara. And, um, <laughs> and, and Frank Gore is like 38 years old. Like he's an old man. But he, don't he's disrespect good, Frank Gore. Yeah, there you go. There you but go. He's good. Um, he's good. He's playing like he's got fresh limbs. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, let's just hope that the Jets receive Trevor Lawrence, you know, fire Adam Gase, you know, and if we were to get, um, who, who is that, that you said again? You said uh, Eagles head Doug coach? Peterson. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Yeah, that's right. If we were to get him, oh my God, that I, that that was interesting because nobody is talking about that. That's got to be like a head a head a headline for for our for our, for our podcast. It's a, it's a hot take. I don't know. No, that's a major <laughs> hot take, and and I kind of I'm kind of interested in that. But um, honestly, I'd be fine with Dan Quinn as my defensive coordinator, um, mm-hmm. as well as I like Greg Williams, and as well as I think he is. I think he's one of the more premier defensive coordinators, defensive minded uh, coaches in the NFL. I think I think the Jets are going to have a um, just a. I think we're just going to like clear the house, um, and we're going to start fresh. Yeah. But um, you know, uh, speaking of like you know the Jets tanking, Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully for you guys, he'll declare for the draft. Do you want to get into that? I got you. Yep. So on Saturday, after the Clemson Tigers blew out Pitt in a fifty-two to seventeen victory. Trevor Lawrence dropped some major hints indicating that he will declare for the 2021 NFL draft. And some key words here, actually, you know, Jared, cue the audio. Got you. Last night, Death Valley, super special night. Wouldn't want to go out any other way. Just super grateful to be a part of Clemson University and, and even more so this, this program. Love all the coaches, all the players, and my years here have been amazing. So I'm thankful for everybody, thankful for the fans. Thank you, guys. All right, so... So some keywords here was last night here in Death Valley, end quote. Then he says, wouldn't want to go out any other way. And then he then went on to thank the program, his coaches, players, and fans. Let's get into it. Jared, what's your thoughts? You know, clearly this is like a farewell type of speech, I feel like. Um, he wouldn't be making these comments unless – I mean, he he definitely some debates, you know, thinking that he's going to go to the Jets. But I feel like you can't take your chances to another season, especially in football, a high-injury sport. He has to declare for the draft. And he's also 21 years old. He's going to be a senior. I don't see except for Joe Burrow's situation, which was different. But for Trevor Lawrence, I feel like the time is now to enter the draft. I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't see – a, uh, a scenario where Trevor Lawrence stays his senior year. I think the chances of that are highly unlikely. Um, you know, he has the potential opportunity to be the biggest star in New York, aside from Saquon Barkley. And he could be bigger than that if all things play out. And I'm not trying to jinx anything here, but, you know, as everyone is aware, people are calling him the best prospect, uh, NFL quarterback prospect since John Elway. And uh, that right there is a big statement. Everything that this man does is perfection. He has the perfect height, the perfect size, the mobility. His hair. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his hair is going to definitely get a head and shoulders endorsement for sure. <laughs> I'll put money on that. Um, you know, he's just a smart quarterback, and he has everything in him to succeed. Now, the New York Jets, I think Sam Darnold is a project. I think – I think he was the right pick at number three. It just didn't work out. You're going to miss sometimes. That's okay. I would have taken him over a Baker Mayfield, over a Josh Allen, over – I would have done it. I would have done it. In in that year, yes. In that year, I would have done it. 
you, you it's a swing in the dark. You don't know what you're gonna make. And and I think Darnold has the tangibles. I think he has the the the, the tools. But will we need an offensive, an actual offensive guru to put them together? Yes. And yes. and I think, and I think Trevor Lawrence has those tools integrated in his play style as of now, the moment he steps onto one just drive at Foreign Park, and 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 he's just shown it. And um, so, you know, he, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he, um, yeah, no. So I, I think I agree. Like I think that this is definitely hints that he will come into the draft. There's a current debate whether or not if he's going to come to the New York Jets or pull in Eli Manning. Yeah. I personally... What do you think about that? Do you think he's going to pull in Eli Manning or not? I mean, if, if he does, I'll tell you this much, give me Justin Fields because he's going to be the Heisman player. Not that that matters too much, but he is sensational. Justin Fields, I would be perfectly fine with him. He is great. But hmm. if he does pull that, then you know what? Like, we know his, his character in the moment. You know, we won't have a future Jamal Adams. I want someone that is dedicated, that will bleed green and white on Sundays and yeah. play for our team. Yeah, no, that's respectable. I feel like a good analogy for Trevor Lawrence in this year's draft is to, like, Zion Williamson a couple years ago for the NBA. Like, very hyped-up prospects. And it could be game changers. You know, it could be a whole different culture shift with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I feel like the odds he's going to go to the draft is pretty likely. I saw here that um, he already is, like, interviewing potential agents and marketing agents. So, you know, oh, if he wants – Yes, it's from clutchpoints.com. Um, yeah, and so, like, if you want to be in the city, you need to have a good marketer. You know, you see Saquon with these Hulu commercials, as you do with Nike. And Trevor Lawrence could be even bigger than Saquon, like you said, because he's a quarterback. Exactly, and that's the thing about New York that most of these people don't understand – if you want to start market yourself, if you want these endorsements, if you want to make your own brand, um, you know, New York Eric is the, the method to do so. It is. And, Barkley, um, you know, Barkley's been on a trash giants. He's been marketed pretty well. Sure. And like, I think this man, you know, he, if he turns down the option to play for the New York Jets, he's turning down millions of dollars, not even the 30 million plus guaranteed for being the first overall draft pick, not even the hype that you will receive for the first overall draft pick, not even the respect not even the additional signing bonuses that you'll receive, but, but in the New York area, you'll become a legend for life. If you're good with this team, exactly. a legend for life. And it's exactly. hard to pass up. It's hard to pass up, but um, going into his performance against Pittsburgh, he had an amazing return after being out for COVID-19. Um, he had 403 yards completed 70% of his passes along with two touchdowns on the night. And his longest pass was to Cornell Powell for a 70 yard touchdown. Beautifully placed ball by Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's a real deal. <laughs> Enough said. He's the real deal. And if you're a Jets fan, you want this guy on the field for you, 16 games, and then hopefully make it into the playoffs. That's what I'm hoping for. So um, the New York Jets, uh, we're not that far away. Uh, my message to Adam Gase, keep being you. Um, keep being oblivious, throw, throw the games away. Keep, honestly, keep playing the calls because it's predictable. We need those losses. Uh, we got five more games, five more weeks of torture. And, um, and you know what? We should, we should get and, – and those games are pretty hard. So I, I'm predicting the Jets to go 0-16. And I think that this 0-16 start, I mean, even though that will be the third team to ever be 0-16 in NFL history, right, right there next to the um, Lions and the, um, and the Cleveland Browns, it's embarrassing, but it's what we have to do. A win right now is meaningless. 
Very true. Very true. You know, uh, you know, moving on from like the Jets, a team that was supposed to be tanking this year is now the top of the division. Do you want to get into the New York Giants now? Yeah. So the New York Giants, uh, Joe Judge. Um, I'm, I'm, I got my respect for him. Uh, yes. Tipping my cap to Joe Judge. Um, I was a little nervous that that the the Belichick dynasty wasn't gonna you know transition into New York as we saw with um, Patricia. But you know Joe Judge is a, he's a players guy. You know players want to play with him. I've seen a culture change from him, and you know I've seen a culture change from him uh, since the hiring. Um, Jones, you know he's I think he's getting a little bit better with his ball handling. You know the same. Uh, fumbling issue transitioned into his sophomore year in, you know, his second year with the New York Giants. Um, but, you know, I think he's playing a little bit better. Couple decision-making issues inside the red zone. A um, couple stuff to look out for, but he is young. Um, you know, and, and, and the Giants, you know, they, they were up until this win, they were the wor- they were the best, you know, three-win team in football. And they're in every yeah. single game. No, nah, they almost beat the Bucks at one time. They almost beat the Eagles at one time. It was just they were so close these, like, two different times. And now it's starting to, like, form into, like, reality. You know, they almost blew it, like, low-key against the Bengals. But their defense clumped up clutch. Leonard Williams picking up the fumble on the last drive of that game. Thank you, Jets, for that. But Jones, all he has to do is just keep the ball to himself don't turn it over and he's a pretty good quarterback from what I've seen he's you know made Evan Ingram look pretty well over the past couple weeks even though I think he's overrated but Evan Ingram's looking like a formal tight end now Sterling Shepard's looking like a good a good number one maybe two the Giants still need a number one wide receiver they want to do this but the offensive line has been doing pretty well Jones being his athletic self has been running all over the place and, you know, that caused his injury, of course. So, but I feel like he has, he has to keep doing it if he wants to be a pretty good quarterback in the NFL. I agree. How Do you got any updates on his injury? Well, he got his MRI, and it's definitely about the hamstring. Um, he's, still, he's listed question number right now, but, you know, all the Giants players and coaching staff, like one word to describe him would be um, tough, they said. So, you know, Colt McCoy might have to step in. Jones is going to try his best after, like, straining his hamstring. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jones, like, started the game or at least took practice reps this week. But I'm going to predict Colt McCoy starts. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think the Giants um, – because, first of all, no offense, uh, I think the Seahawks is going to mark up an L for you guys regardless, even if Jones plays. And it's not worth him to go out there against that Hawks defense. Not that they're, you know, anything – amazing they've had a great game last last night last night the, they, uh, eagles carson Wentz went down like yeah over a handful of times so yeah no what that happened to Jones. six sacks six sacks that yeah. that's that's what i'm saying so true, like true. i don't think no i i will put all my money on the fact that uh, jones will rest up um and you know i think you're gonna see a seven and nine team win the division a seven and nine team that's my prediction um all teams have been struggling dallas cowboys you know um mccarthy you know questionable so far early too early to tell i mean you I'll, can't really blame mccarthy it's, it's the, the injury of Dak prescott that really deflated this team but so mccarthy i think will stick around another year at least but was the defense like come on like can you really okay the defense, defense okay the defense well, has been questionable but prescott was carrying them 
and they would have been they would have won the division by a long shot, I believe, if Prescott was healthy. I agree with that. So it's not like I agree with that. Was, is McCarthy offensive mind or defensive mind? I forget. Um, why do I feel like he's more defensive? Let me look this up. No, no. Well, he was with Aaron Rodgers for a long time, and you know they had some issues, but the Cowboys wanted Mike uh, Mike McCarthy, and Garrett is now you know the offensive coordinator of a first place Giants team that's actually making Daniel Jones in an RPO type offense right now, which I wouldn't think about the first time we drafted him. This tall Eli Manning esque player could run an RPO for the Giants. So, you know, anything could happen. I mean, the Cowboys, they have, they have to make a decision because they got to either get that offensive line better like they did. That's why they were so successful, like, this whole past, like, couple years. Their offensive line was their core. Zeke's been slowing down, so they need that offensive line. Or they spend money and draft picks on the defense, which has been abysmal this year. And that's what they're going to have to think about in the offseason. For sure. And I, I just looked it up. McCarthy seems to be he's more like he calls plays on offense, but he's also a hybrid, like a defensive minded head coach as well. Um, okay. But, you know, he helped out Rodgers as well. So, I mean, he's got some the insights. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah we, we will see how it goes. Um, CD Lamb had, you know, he's he's good. Um, they got they got a lot of weapons, a lot of options. Um, yo, do you want to do you want to go down the Giants schedule real quick? We can we can look at. Yeah, sure. The Giants, they have the Seahawks, you know, probably probably a loss, as you say. Then the they got the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals, they've been sliding the past couple of weeks. Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate, but these past two losses, first to the Patriots, and then to – who was that team? I, I can't remember. But the Cardinals – and they would have lost if it wasn't for that Hail Mary DeAndre Hopkins caught. So the Cardinals are a 500 team. So the Giants could make competitive if Jones returns for that game, I believe. That could just be a little biased. What do you think? If so, no, no. I think the um, the Cardinals are like they show if they show up, they're gonna win the game. But if they don't, they could they could lose it. Well, yeah. I think um, the Cardinals are clearly the better team. No, no, 100. percent But like it could be an upset. You know. Yeah. Um, Giants are hungry for wins. They got some momentum. Like they're in every game basically. Yeah. Um. It just depends how Jones comes back when he comes back and uh, and your offensive, you know, just your game planning behind it. Yeah, um, yeah. And the next game, the next week after that is the Browns. And I could see this as a win for the Giants too. I mean, if you see that clip on Twitter of Mayfield missing two open receivers in the end zone, you know, Baker's not been the best, but sometimes he shows up. It really depends. I mean, the Giants could definitely beat the Browns here. Um, what's your thoughts on Baker Mayfield real quick? Do you think he's, uh, like, Mayfield, do you see him in a Browns jersey in like three years, four years? Do you see him still in three years? I don't know, man. The Browns are going to Browns. So if one more year, one more year. And then if he does good, cause the Browns were a playoff team. They could have been a playoff team last year. He failed. They could have, they could be a playoff team this year too, but they're, they're underwhelming once again. So at least they're not the 0-16 Browns, but I don't think the Browns fans are happy with a 8-8 Browns team either. So if there's another top prospect that comes this their way and the Browns can make a move, you know, but I don't see them getting anyone, you know, better to come to their team other than Baker Mayfield, unless it's a good quarterback from college. But they're going to be in, like, the mid-round drafts for the next couple of years with, with Mayfield. So they might have to stick with him. 
be like a Matthew Stafford type situation, just being a mediocrity. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and if you look at his stats for this year, I'm going to pull them up right now. Give me a second. I mean, the Browns, you know, being eight and, you know, three, good season for them. Um, you know, something that they're not used to, Cleveland fans. But there's there's much more going on behind closed doors, as you said. So Baker Mayfield, you know, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the season. Um, not bad. Enough for him to keep his job. Um, it's just, honestly, it's like he – I don't know if he's like the leader everyone he's not the leader that you know Cleveland thinks he is and I don't you know he's his got attitude so much attitude and commercials might feel like he's the leader of the team but I would guess it's not yeah the man loves you know I mean I see him you know more screen time on Hulu <laughs> doing than than like you know like yeah yeah like I don't know he's just big ego like I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of him, honestly. I don't see him hoisting a Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, at first I respected like his, you know, the swagger that came. Like I was really hyped for the Browns, especially after they traded Odell because I was a Giants fan. I was like, bet I'm gonna be like a low key Browns fan now because you know I'm like that because I like had Odell's jersey. And I was like, Baker Mayfield is gonna be better than Manziel. He has been better than Manziel, but I don't know. It's still hard to tell. His, you know, his QBR rating is a little less than what his rookie season was. So we'll see. But it's just, just a matter of, like, getting it done. It's not like he's doing bad. The Browns have a good record. But it's just, like, the clips that you see of Mayfield just being a bad quarterback that makes you question him. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to add a couple thoughts in there real quick. I, uh, I, I, liked, I liked him coming out of Oklahoma. I thought he was an amazing quarterback in college. But there's a difference between being a good college quarterback and a good NFL quarterback um you know I, I had questions about his personality and uh, I had questions about his devotion and love for football he has like I said a huge supporting cast you know and I think any other I think a lot of other quarterbacks would prosper much more with with what's surrounding him he has one of the oh, best yeah. lines in the league mm-hmm. um and the shout out to Cleveland Browns you know they literally surrounded him with talent did everything they could to set up the team up for they success. went all in and they went all in yeah and um, so, you know, like I said, there's a difference between being a good college quarterback. And also, I, one thing that I didn't really like that much about him was his height. And, like, I'm not trying to discriminate, like, hey, Kyler hey, Murray Russell or Wilson, Kyler Wilson, Murray. but those, they are different breeds. And I did not see that in Baker Mayfield heading into the NFL draft. True. All right. Um, real quick, so are you predicting the Giants to win this division? So the football team, they have the Steelers. That's going to be an L. Niners, close game. Seahawks, L. Panthers, close game. Eagles, dub. And the Giants have beat the, the Washington football team twice already this season. So if it comes down to a tie, I see the Giants taking the edge in the division. But I feel like the football team could definitely like get a berth this, this year. I want the Giants to make it into the playoffs, but realistically, the football team will get it through, I think. You think Washington? Yeah, because they have the Niners, Panthers, and Eagles. That could be all wins. That's three wins. The Giants, they'd have to beat the Cardinals, Browns, Cowboys, Ravens. The Ravens, I feel like Jackson would do good against the Giants. You know, Jackson's not been the best this year, but against the Giants, I feel like he gets the, has the edge. The Browns would be a close game. The Cowboys, the Giants have pr- tr- trouble beating over the past couple of years. So and it took a Dak Prescott injury for them to lose, to win 
other time. So I feel like the Giants have a harder schedule. So I feel like the football team will come up on top in the NF and the dreaded, disgraceful NFC East. Shout out football team. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, not even with Dwayne Haskins leading the helm. You know, it's been Alex Smith, good comeback story. You know, I liked him on the Chiefs before they, you know, shipped him out for so did Mahomes. I. Um, so Smith, he's a good quarterback. It's not like he's a bad quarterback. He just kept getting his feet wet, and I feel like the more weeks he plays, the better he'll be. So what do you think is going to happen with um, – like, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, yeah, my fault. I mean, um, it's another situation, like, I guess with Sar- Sam Darnold. He is like a project-type QB. They might give him another year or two just because he's, you know, still a young, like still having him under contract. Alex Smith is not their long-term answer, even though he's a good quarter. How old is Alex Smith, by the way? 30s. Uh, same yeah. draft class as, um, I think, Rodgers. Uh, yeah, right. Like, he was – yeah, no, no. He's, like, 34 probably. Let me check. Yeah, because, like, I wouldn't think he's their long-term – he's 36. Oh, he's 36. He's old. So, yeah, he's on the older side. He's not their long-term answer. They could try Haskins out next year unless Smith goes on some incredible playoffs run, bearing that. Don't think it's going to happen, though. But I feel like Haskins was your guy. You got to roll with him. The whole, like, delay to his, like, NFL career was, like, you know, rough, too, with the previous coaching staff. And, you know, Ron Rivera is doing an amazing job with the football team. He's a great coach. Finally beat cancer, too. Shout out to that. I feel like he's a good coach for this Redskins. You know, they have a good coach. The Giants have a good coach for the future. I feel like this division – you know, because the Eagles can really implode if they, how they handle this offseason. They really, they really could. They have, like, no talent. The Cowboys, the Cowboys would be the Cowboys. We all know that. They'll be competitive. But I feel like the future of this division could be the Giants and the Washington football team. Yeah, I think I personally think that um, Eagles, the dynasty, I mean, it's not even a dynasty. But they, have, they have one ring. Yeah, and that was um, Nick Foles. Nick Foles yeah, carried. The glory of Nick Foles. But – um. <laughs> But no, I think what you're going to notice is is that the Eagles are probably they might just start over. Honestly, I think it's hard to say. I mean, the whole once era might be coming to an end. Um, but you know, football team has been doing a good job. Rivera, great job. Um, you know, they've played much better than we anticipated. But to conclude this section, I just want to say that I am a disbeliever. And um, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? I always blank on his name. Uh, Haskins. I'm a disbeliever on Haskins. I don't think that he will be a starting quarterback or an elite starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a backup at best. Um, Yes, he was good at Ohio State. Yes, he set records in Ohio State. But as I said earlier, good college quarterbacks are not always good NFL quarterbacks. And that's the risk. And I personally don't think that he puts in the extra hours. I don't think he – I don't think – I think he has – I don't think he's devoted. I don't think he – I think he has issues with reads. I don't think he understands his offense – as well as these other quarterbacks. And that's going to be the boot for him in this league. And I just – there's certain people that really want it. There's some people that have it in them. And there's some people that just can't transpire. Brendan, Brendan, I have another hot take. Another hot take coming. So, Ron Rivera, he's the coach. Cam Newton on a one-year deal. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. Pan- a little Panthers reunion maybe. I don't know. That's possible. I mean, I think – I think the Pats are moving on from Cam after this year. Me too. I feel like, you know, he doesn't fit with Belichick. They're different personalities, different offenses. So, Ron Rivera knows Newton. They went to Super Bowl together. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers reunion in in Washington. That would be interesting. Do you want to get into our next section real quick? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about um, let's switch sports. Actually, you know, a lot of football talk. So let's talk about the NBA. So the NBA they played in a bubble. Their finals went longer than expected. Not expected, but than it was supposed to. And now they want to start at the end of this month, December. Happy December, by the way. Players like LeBron James, they usually get a ton of rest between the offseason. This is even shorter offseason. And players like him, um, Jimmy Butler, who like wore his heart out on the floor, probably still how are you surprised he's still sore from those games? But you know, it's gonna be different at NBA seasons too. So what do you think? Do you think like they should have waited longer or you think, you know what, they had enough time. Let's get this on the field so they let's get them on the court so they could end on time like they're supposed to. I think I don't think they were gonna see any unless there's like some sort of COVID outbreak. Um, unless if COVID, you know, if there's like a lockdown, I mean, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this works, but I personally think that they're going to get them on the court. Um, I know these players are, must be exhausted. It's, it's a really rough patch for, you know, everyone in, in, in professional sports. Um, Michael less rest time. I mean, this happened with professional soccer. Um, you know, they're, they're starting the new season. So I honestly, I think that these young cats want to come in and play, you know, they want to play, you know, and, uh, and I definitely think that, you know, if there is no COVID outbreak, they will be playing in the next 10 days. Yeah, one of the things I like about this, you know, early start, not early start, technically late start, but early start from an off season, is that the draft was just like last week, two weeks ago. So we're going to see a LaMelo ball in a Hornets jersey soon and Opie Tompkin in a Knicks jersey soon. That's exciting as a fan of basketball. You know, usually like the draft is to wait a couple months and finally it happens. But you have to see these guys in like a month play for their team. And I don't know if that's going to like like hurt their chemistry or like make teams slow off the start. But it's going to be an exciting season, I think, especially around Christmas, the week of Christmas. That's why they're coming back. Smart move for like, you know, commercials and other like revenue, drive up the sales. So that was solely why they wanted it before, I think, the new year. But regardless, it's exciting to be an NBA fan. I agree completely. Um, who's who's your dark horse of the draft? What, what about think? Cole Anthony? What about Cole Anthony on the Magic? Yeah, Cole Anthony. I've you know I don't actively follow college basketball, but this is a name I've heard of before. Uh, you know, he's a point guard on the Magic. They have Volkovich. They still have Aaron Gordon. They haven't traded for for him yet. You know, being with Roy Williams on UNC. You know, Cole Anthony is a established player even though he was a freshman. But his father has NBA blood. He was drafted 12th overall in the 1991 draft. And he had, um, you know, 13.7 points, 4.2 assists. He's 6'3". He could be a good player for the Magic. You know, the Magic have been teetering in that 8th seed, 7th seed, ninth seed in the um, NBA standings for a while. Does Cole Anthony put them over the edge? Maybe, because... You know, the East, they have their very top heavy with the Sixers, Nets with, you know, KD Kyrie this year, Bucks, Heat. It's really a top, and the Celtics. So 
and the Bucks. So it's a it's a really it's a six person race. It's a six team race in the East. So it really depends. Is he your is he your dark horse, Cole Anthony? I like Cole Anthony. Um, I personally wouldn't have taken him as an fan at the eighth overall pick. I think that's too early. I like the Obi Toppin pick, how he slid. Uh, Cole Anthony and the Magic is a pretty interesting uh, matchup. Um, pretty interesting fit for him. I feel like he got taken at the right spot, you know, mid half, like halfway through the first round. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I agree. I don't think he's going to put the magic over the edge. It's going to be a nice addition for them. Um, magic are, they're, they're a good team, not anything premier, but they're above average. So, um, you know, I mean, I it's going to be. Maybe Mo Bamba does better this season too. He's going to have a lot of big guys to work with, Cole Anthony. So maybe they could yeah. have a big, yeah. small and a big type situation. I think Cole Anthony's injury was a concern um, to most yeah. GMs. Um, but I don't know. You never know. It could be one of those. That's why I brought him up because he could be one of those players that, you know, got slept on during draft day, but he just lights it up. He's up there for kind me. Of like I a all... Donovan Mitchell type situation. For sure. 100%. Or, you know, Tyler Hero. But yeah. Um, Aaron Nesmith out of Vanderbilt. I feel like, you know, lottery pick, um, you know, with the Boston Celtics. Um, I I don't know. I just feel like the Boston Celtics know where they're going. They know what they want. They're good at – they're good. They're amazing at drafting players. You know, he's a small forward. Um, He doesn't necessarily replace Gordon Hayward, I would say. But he's an even better player because I feel like Hayward's been on – excited to decline, didn't really fit in the Celtics system really. So I feel like – Getting another like athletic player is what the Celtics are all about, fitting perfectly with Tatum and Brown. A hundred percent. This Nesmith kid, I think, could be something scary, and this literally indicates that you know Boston Celtics are departing from Gordon Hayward. Bad contract, overpaid. Um, <laughs> you know, personally, yeah. so six six, two hundred and thirteen pounds. You know, um, I think he could. I think he, he shot fifty-two percent from three too. Yeah, that's exceptional. So it's pretty so. good. They could use that. There'd be a force with Smart, um, Tatum, Brown, Nesmith. I think it could really Definitely be a squad. special. It's a squad. You know, the East. They're coming. They're coming along. You know, they're forming a really good, really good uh, competitive type of situation that it wasn't when LeBron James was on the Cavs. So. What do you think about the whole Harden? Uh, Harden, James Harden, I feel like honestly he's going to stick it with the Rockets. You know, Harden is the Rockets brand. Even though Westbrook came, you know, the Rockets are James Harden. Harden, you know, MVP candidate. If it wasn't for Giannis, he would have probably two. Um, and just, I feel like him and Westbrook are bros. I don't think there's any really like any – dysfunction between them Harden on this Instagram story like had like a water bottle took the cap off and yeah people didn't know if, if that was no cap or a cap so <laughs> we'll have to see if he goes to the Nets I feel like it's an even weaker move than KD going to Ooh. the Warriors actually probably not I scratched that KD's a snake not anymore though I, I like KD again because <laughs> he makes the Nets interesting <laughs> yeah, but he I mean, made the Warriors unfair, but Harden would make the Nets unfair too. I saw this thing on Instagram. I was like, "All right, we got to double Harden so he doesn't drive with the middle." Oh wait, there's Kyrie in the corner. Oh, there's Kevin Durant in the other corner. 
So it's like Harden on the Rockets. I think he's got to stay. And D'Antoni's on things to coach anymore. So we'll see how that goes with the new coach with Harden and Westbrook. They were a good pair. I feel like they didn't have to trade Capella. Capella was good for them, I feel like. And Westbrook's a star, too. I feel like the Rockets could still do really good. Yeah, I mean, dude, I don't know. I mean, it's the Kyrie Irving effect. I don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to win a chip without having LeBron on his side. I don't know. I mean, if he has KD on his side now. I know, I know. But he's been sitting out for a long time. He's coming back from a really, really, you know, like detrimental and hard injury to recover from. I don't think we're going to see KD that we saw two years ago. I think we're going to see KD, but I don't think we're going to see the way that he was playing, like, pre-injury. Like, he, like I firmly believe that back then, when he, when he last touched the court, he was the best player in the world. And, like, I'll say that over, like, LeBron James. And, like, people will give me heat for that. They'll give me hate for that. Yeah, I'll but, give you heat for that. <laughs> but, like, but I just, dude, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think he's a better shooter than LeBron. Um, I really do. I do. I do think that. I think he has a better three ball. Um, I think he's just an absolute mammoth in the paint. So is LeBron. Um, I, I don't think, know. I, I think Kyrie just ruins, ruins himself with like all these reports out the locker room. I feel like he's a really, he's a, he's a really, really good basketball player. He is a star in his own right. He couldn't do it with the Celtics. They didn't have that star. Kyrie isn't going to win on his own. LeBron can't even win on his own. He needs AD. So Kyrie with KD, the two Ks, they could get it done. That's my personal opinion. And the Nets have a great bench. Levert, they have they resigned uh, uh what's his name? Uh, Joe Smith, I think. Not you know the guy who shoots threes. But anyway, the Nets they have a good balanced team. So I feel like Kyrie can get it done with them. And the Bucks, the Bucks did get better with um Drew Holiday. And That's a good signing. Yeah, it is a good signing. But it would have been better with Bondanovich, of course, too. So of course the Heat, man. The, the Heat. And the Heat the Heat. The Heat could be like this bubble wonder type team. But no, nah, I think they're the real deal. Definitely. Like if you look at the roster of Brooklyn, they're they're a they're a finals contention contending team and mm-hmm. and and there's no doubt in that. But and and you bring up a great point when you say that A D you you know, LeBron couldn't win without A D and like the NBA has changed. Yeah. Um but I, I, I don't see a scenario where Harden necessarily goes. I mean, I think that the rumors are real. I think that I think that Harden is contemplating it right now. He, he like he knows the hype's there. Like he's probably hitting up, you know, um, Kyrie and KD. Like, yo, you want me to slide? Like, <laughs> like, like it's, he's de- they're definitely hitting each other up. But mm-hmm. like you said, he's the brand of Houston. You know, um, that's just well put. Um, I don't know. I just personally think that there's there's great teams out there. Unfortunate what happened to Clay Thompson. That is very unfortunate. Um, it's it's yes, horrible to yeah. hear that. I I was hoping the Warriors because I love Steph Curry, man. Like I have his shoes, Curry twos, classic shoe for Under Armour. He's just starting his new, his own like Jordan type brand with Under Armour too, the Curry brand. There's going to be players signed under the Curry brand, which is interesting. Seeing how Curry isn't as as a star. Of like, of course not of stars MJ, but the Under Armour needs this type of like base, especially with like the popularity of Nike and Adidas from like culture and stuff. So I was hoping Curry could like a, imagine a Steph Curry Thompson 
Wiseman, Draymond Green matchup against like LeBron and AD, that would be a fun matchup to watch. That's what I'm saying. So when you have the the talent that the Golden State Warriors have, or that they should have had at full capacity with the company of uh, Clay Thompson, that who do you think would win that ball game? Do you think it would be Brooklyn, or would it be would it be Golden State? That's a tough one. I feel like you're saying with a healthy Clay Thompson or oh, healthy, healthy Clay Thompson, healthy Clay Thompson, a healthy Clay Thompson. I feel like ah, it's hard. Um, I give it to the Warriors. They know they have chemistry over the Nets right now. That's what I'm saying. Um, and Kyrie and KD, they it could be another Westbrook KD situation where they don't know who's going to take the last shot. I mean, Kyrie's been known for his taking the last shot against the Warriors with LeBron on the team. Will KD let him do the same thing? KD's a better shooter, I think. Of course, he's a better shooter than Kyrie. But Kyrie's known for those clutch shots. The other, you know, game winner during Christmas when the Cavs played the Warriors, he did a spin move. I'm pretty sure on Thompson. Or KD just sunk it in. Game winner for the Cavs. So, I don't know. Well, KD, KD and Kyrie seem to be friends, though. So, that's a good thing off the start. They know what they're getting into. And that's why I think they teamed up. Well said. We, we're going to – it's going to be a fun couple – next couple of weeks here. You know, we got – you know, it's December. NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs. NBA season. We're going to be watching the NBA season at the same time we're watching football. Yep. Weird times here. But – um. I think we covered a lot today. I think it was, uh, I think we got a lot of hot takes here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had a lot of fun. So, everybody, too, man. so everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, this is our first ever podcast, NY Fly Zone. We're going to be releasing podcasts every Wednesday. Um, so, stay tuned. Yes, sir. And everybody, have Follow a great day. Follow us on day. Insta at NY Fly Zone. And uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Peace. Peace.